Hello, welcome to Teaching Through the Pandemic, a podcast mini-series from the NCETM. I'm Gwen Trezida, Communications Manager at NCETM, and in this series we're looking at some of the adaptations that teachers are making for teaching under coronavirus restrictions. Today I'm talking to Nikki Bailey, who is Deputy Head and Year One teacher from a primary school in Chester. Nikki has long been an advocate of active learning, but she's found it to be particularly effective in the half-term that her school has been fully open since lockdown. Hello, Nikki. Oh, hi. Hi, Gwen. So Nikki's talking to me from her school staff room today, um, covered in blankets with the windows wide open <laughs> on quite a cold November day, I believe. Is that right? That's exactly right. You've painted a beautiful picture. <laughs> so um, first of all, um, let's get clear what you mean by active learning, Nikki. Um, active learning for us really is um, sort of hands on learning where children are involved in their own learning. I mean, there's various degrees of of, hand, of active learning, but it's not just about running around. It's more about the tangible side of learning, really. Um, so it can involve sort of more discussions, collaboration, role play, it can be tabletop activities. It can involve movement. Um, it can take place in the classroom, um, okay. outside, in the hall. So do you want to give me an example of a, well, let, let's let's think of a maths activity that you might have done recently with your year ones that um, you've done using something more active than than other teachers might be doing? Um, what we do, we, we, we tend to do sort of active maths once a week right. um, at the moment. Um, and I'm just thinking of the ones that we've, we did last week. We did some, uh, we called it ma- magic matching, um, where children um, match pairs together of uh, cards so linked with ours with digits and words right. um, but I mean you can do it you can do it I've done it with factors I've done it with fractions decimals and percentages and children um, the activity is based around children matching those pairs um, we did it where we were in the hall and we had hoops around and the children were, were taking one one eye, uh, one card from one hoop and a card from another and looking to see if they could find a pair um, okay. and match them together but you can you can do it where you you have them um, and I've done it outside where we've done them stuck onto on um, sort of posts and trees the different cards and then you come and find matching ones um, so, so yeah. that sounds a bit like the sort of activity that um, that might be done at a desk but it sounds like you're finding a way to make it more kind of physical and yeah. whole body is that right that's exactly it yeah it absolutely could be done at a desk and it could be done in a, in a textbook, but actually it's more engaging, we find, and more, uh, yeah, just more, more, the children tend to be more enthusiastic about it, um, and more children tend to be involved in the activity for longer. Their attention and focus seems to be maintained easier in these sorts of activities. Um, and what is it about the coronavirus situation particularly that means that you found this particularly useful, do you think? For us, I think... Um, we find that it's it's given us an opportunity for the children to be doing um, to, to vary the tasks within the day because during coronavirus they've not had as much intensive teaching so they're not used to attending and focusing to tasks um, re- related to learning as much as they were before coronavirus before children. So you're talking about during lockdown they didn't have so, that input. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, they had yeah. input at home, but it wasn't you know the pace of learning and the intensity of learning wasn't the same when they were doing home learning. Um, it's, it's just not the same as, as a school environment. And that's not a negative. That it just isn't possible in, in, in a home setting. So, 
so um, it's giving it's just helping to break up the day really now for our children um, to support them in increasing their um, their pace of learning because actually the pace of learning isn't as rapid as it was isn't as fast as it was and right. uh, on the news this morning in um, on BBC News it was saying that um, a lot of schools have been cutting their PE curriculum post COVID um, so again it's just giving us another way of doing something a little bit more active. Would you say there's um, particular groups of children that benefit from it that you find are more difficult to engage in the classroom perhaps? Um, those children who um, sometimes the, the, the more formal methods that we use in the classroom don't always float everybody's boat. They don't always help children to secure learning. So it provides children with an alternative way of securing their learning. Um, I think it taps, from our experience, it taps into most children's um, learning style. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it, because it's almost like um, it's 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 a safe. It's, it's a, children are made to learn. Children are made to be active and to be doing. So it's a safe and child-friendly way of learning. Right. Um, it almost, you know, we, we see it in primary schools, it's our responsibility to create that love for learning and for that enthusiasm, because if we can sort that out now in primary, it's a very positive experience for their sort of further education. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it sort of sparks and, and maintains that sort of love of learning. Right. That's interesting. Um, so you talked about um, how the, you found the children are not as used to concentrating and to having sort of formal input. Uh, after lockdown how have you found them emotionally um and how are you finding them emotionally now during you know we're looking at going into another lockdown and it, it's potentially quite a frightening time for children are you seeing that in your kids at school yeah so we'd obviously um we'd done risk assessments for our particularly vulnerable children and those that we anticipated um who were going to struggle with the emotional side of things but it's been absolutely fascinating the majority of our pupils have been far more settled coming back and those that were actually more anxious before COVID have actually been more settled coming back to school, which was was much a much better picture than we thought it was going to be. Mm. Um, and I don't know whether actually for some they've benefited from a, from a break and from a change. Right. Um, yeah, for some they've actually realised that they do appreciate being with their peers and they do appreciate learning things. <laughs> and they're actually getting a bit of satisfaction from that and, and that had been maybe lost and missed um so i actually from for most of our children i see it as, as, as positive don't get me wrong there's definitely some children and um, some of some children have surprised us that they they've been more anxious than we would have expected right um uh, but we've got there's lots of there's lots of things that schools are doing what we've done from our point of view is is um We've got a very flexible start to the day so children can be dropped off from half eight till nine. And in that time, it gives them a chance to get in and to, to connect with school. Um, and we've got mindful activities for that first half an hour right? Um, just to get them back um, settled in school. And actually looking looking to the future, that's that's something that we look to, to be embedding into our school life. Right. Regardless of COVID, because actually it's had a lot of very positive effects on our children. It's, it's actually helped to help them to be ready to learn right, for the rest okay. of the day. <laughs> so um, you gave us an example of a sort of key stage one activity. Do you want to give us another example? Have you got something from key stage two, perhaps? 
stage two, yeah. I was in pre-stage two last year. Oh, okay, so it's not um, delving so, too far back. No, no, I was in year five last year. Um, we use something called Teach Active, and they've got loads of different sort of resources. And one of their games is a Where Am I? It, it can be used with key stage one and key stage two, but it's it's looking at positionally where things are within. So it might be um, equivalent factions and where is this particular faction in relation to the others. Once you start doing active learning, it, it, it sparks off more ideas. OK, so going back to that, that, that activity you were just describing, are you thinking about children doing that in a hall, in a classroom, in the playground? Well, well, what we did last year with our, with our year fives is our year five classroom has a door open to the playground. So we had half of our children in the classroom and half of our children um, in the playground area. So we used both spaces and we had we used skipping ropes as the line when we were looking at where am I. So they were positioning the um, with year ones. I've also done it with chalk markings and things like that. Um, so, yeah, that where am I can be done um, in the classroom. And you can be using yourself, they, they can be using themselves as the where am I. They, they can be the, the the cards and holding up the faction. Um, and then they can also, so we we, did, we had a lovely line where we did equivalent factions. And then we got another set of five children to then have the equivalent uh, decimals. And they had to then find their matching pair with the, with the fractions. So what starts off as an idea of maybe a, um, a number line and looking at sort of missing digits and where would they be positioned can then be expanded to all sorts, really. And does it spill over into other subjects as well? It absolutely does. Yeah, right. it, it does. So I'm doing um, science at the moment in science. Sorry, we're doing um, habitats um, and hot and cold places. So um, we've done loads of activities linked with that, just sort of matching and sorting Venn diagrams which works really, really beautifully because right. it's very visual. You know, the yeah. big, big PE hoops. Um, so, yeah, habitats, yeah. It works in, it works in loads of, of areas of um, learning of, of the curriculum, definitely. So um, you talked about using this way of teaching and learning to help with children, getting them focused back on school and that sort of thing as well. But I'm also thinking about this situation that you're in now of having all the windows open yeah. um, and children potentially sitting for hours yeah. Um they're going to get very cold aren't they can you yeah. see it yeah. being using it more and more as the winter comes on and needing to get them moving yeah. around absolutely for yeah most definitely because it keeps you it gets the blood circulating doesn't it um absolutely yeah and i think also i'm just I'm just looking back to during covid sort of during lockdown where um we had joe wicks didn't we and, and lots of children were being active for the first half an hour of the day um so i think Active learning helps us to just embrace that positive message of being active, which right. children were certainly getting into during lockdown. And um, I, I understand that you did a master's that where you're you focused on active learning. Um, yeah, so have you been using this a few years now? Yeah, so the master's itself, I was looking at um, what, what the impact was and I looked at one aspect of learning and decided to focus on attention and concentration. And then within that, um, memory is part of attention and focus so I looked at that. And what, what were your main findings? How, how did active learning help with memory and attention and that sort yeah. of thing? Well the, the main finding w that we got from it was the, the positive improvement in attitudes to learning Okay. and that was after, after six weeks that was the thing that stood out the most. Attitudes to learning were dramatically, dramatically increased um, 
And that was through, we, we assessed that through pupil voice, through pupil engagement and through parent voice as well. Um, and then after so that was after six weeks and there wasn't any improvement in attention focus after six weeks. Oh, right. But, but, after, but after 12 weeks, there was improvement. In, oh, in, 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 yes, there was in, in the memory side of it. Um, it was fascinating. Yeah. Um, so uh, finally, is there is there a, a piece of advice that you'd give to a school or a teacher that's more accustomed to having children sitting in seats mm-hmm. in the classroom, maybe maybe not feeling very brave? What what advice would you give them to getting started with this? Um, I would definitely say for me, active learning definitely is definitely worth giving it a go. I would say it's energising. It's really inclusive. Um, and it's a very positive experience for staff and for pupils. And of all the times to do it, I would say this is this is absolutely the right time. And it definitely supports our recovery model um, with the sort of sort of social, social and emotional priority as well as the academic side of things. Thank you, Nikki. Um, it's, I hope you've given some of our listening teachers some ideas for introducing more movement into their math lessons. And to those listening that want to try some of these ideas, I'll put some useful links on the podcast page on our website. Do let us know how it goes. You can get in touch by email on info at ncetm.org.uk or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook. And if you have a COVID adaptation to your normal practice that you think other teachers could benefit from knowing about, we're really wanting to hear from you. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>